Today on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag. Many a Christian has resigned themselves to this notion that they're inconsequential, they're insignificant, and as such, unimportant within the body of Christ. And I think we do err greatly when we mitigate the magnificence of those who serve so faithfully and tirelessly ministering in obscurity and anonymity. This is In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching through the book of Ephesians. What's your part in the body of Christ and what are you doing about it? God has created every one of us with unique gifts that he wants us using to benefit his church. Today, Pastor J.D. reassures us that we are indispensable in the body of Christ. Remember that no matter what gifts you've been given, they're important and needed. Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. Now here's Pastor J.D. in Ephesians chapter 4 with part 2 of his message, Why We Need Others. All of us, every single one of us, have been given one gift, at least one gift. We've all been given at least one talent, if you prefer. Here, Paul begins by writing that each one of us has been given gifts as Christ apportioned it when he descended and then also ascended. Let me just mention briefly that he's referring to the fulfillment of a prophecy that's found in Psalm 68 verse 18 about how Jesus first descended into what was known as Hades. It's also a fulfillment of Matthew chapter 16 verse 4 where Jesus said the only sign for a wicked generation is that of Jonah being three days in the belly of a fish as he would be three days in the belly of the earth. Here's how I see it and here's how I'll say it so that maybe it'll be helpful to you. I know it was helpful for me. I see this as Jesus purchasing the gifts that he's going to freely give us. I mean, that's maybe an oversimplification, but that's what he did. He purchased us when he went to the cross, was crucified, then buried, and then descended into Hades, and then resurrected from the dead. Now, this is foundational because it ties into our second one in verses 11 through 13, which is that the gifts we're given are to equip God's people. That's the purpose Though not exhaustive, Paul mentions many of the gifts in his other epistles, but here he's listing four of them. I see them as the four legs on the table, so to speak. But the common denominator is that the purpose of all the gifts is for the works of service. Why? So the body of Christ may be both built up and grow up. That's the purpose of the gift that he's given you. As such, he gave apostles. Again, these are only four, not exhaustive. 
prophets, evangelists, and the pastors, teachers, in order to attain both unity and wholeness, fullness. I love how one commentator delineated it. He says, the prophetic ministry is a guiding ministry and refers to those who speak the word of the Lord in the spirit. The evangelistic ministry is a gathering ministry and refers to those who bring people to the kingdom. The pastoral ministry is a guarding ministry and refers to those who protect the flock from the wolves who seek to destroy them. And the teaching ministry is a grounding ministry and refers to those who ground God's people in the truths of his word. Well, this brings us to the third one in verses 14 through 16, which is that we're all joined together and even held together by every supporting ligament. Again, using this comparison to the body physically, so too are we joined together spiritually as a body as well. Paul is describing what a healthy and whole body that's joined together in this way will actually look like and function like. You know, we talk about in our families how, well, I I was raised in a dysfunctional family. I have yet to have anybody come to me and say, you know, I was raised in a very functional family. You were? (laughs) Are you kidding me? (laughs) Wow. But in a way, I think we're all you know, dysfunctional in that sense. But when you understand it and see it through the lens of a healthy body, then what you understand is this. When a body does not function in a healthy way, they have a word for it. You know what it's called? Cancer. That's when parts of the body attack other parts of the body. Cells in the body don't function correctly, and they malfunction, I guess, for lack of a better way of saying it. And that is an unhealthy body, and that's deadly. And I suppose in some ways you could carry that metaphor as far as you want into the body of Christ. I find it rather interesting that the Apostle Paul would refer to those who are immature, young in the faith, being vulnerable to those who are cunning and crafty and deceiving that won't spare the flock as he cries out. He says in Acts 20, he cried day and night for three years, knowing that after he left, there would come in from amongst them in their midst, these wolves in sheep's clothing that would not spare the flock. Dare I say that that is a spiritual cancer and left unchecked, it will be deadly. That's how serious the stakes are. And that's why Paul is emphasizing what he's emphasizing here in our text today. He's saying that a healthy body will no longer be like that infant 
immature, tossed back and forth by every wave, blown here and there by every wind of teaching, and the deceitful scheming of crafty and cunning people in the church, in the church. Instead, he says, a healthy body will speak the truth in love as a result of our maturity and unity joined together and built up as each part does its work. And please don't be dismissive of that last part about each part doing its work. Because absent each part doing its work, it ain't going to happen. I know that's not proper English. Don't email me. May I trouble you to join me in 1 Corinthians, the 12th chapter. I want to read verses 12 through 27, and I think you'll see why here in a moment. The Apostle Paul is writing to the Corinthian church concerning the body of Christ. Listen to what he says. He says, verse 12, just as a body... The one has many parts, but all its many parts form one body. So it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one spirit so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free. And we were all given the one spirit to drink. Even so, the body is not made up of one part, but of many. Now, if the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being a part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, (laughs) I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, that would be very freaky. Okay, that's, he doesn't say that. That was, I added that, but whatever. So if the the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? We need the ear. The eye needs the ear, and the ear needs the eye. The hand needs the foot, and the foot needs the eye. I mean the hand. They, well, they need each other anyway. <laughs> okay, maybe that'll be better second service. So, he goes on. If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed the parts in the body Every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, verse 20, there are many parts, but one body. The eye cannot say to the hand. (laughs) Talk about freaky. How weird would this be? Your eye says to the hand, I don't need you. Oh, yeah? (laughs) Oh, really? You don't need me, huh? (laughs) Okay. I don't want to get too far off here, but... I mean, it's kind of a humorous passage, isn't it? I mean, just the imagery of it. how, How ludicrous it is. How ridiculous it is. But that's the point. So, the eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet... 
I don't need you. That, that would be fun. <laughs> I don't need you. Boom, down you go. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker, listen, please listen, are indispensable. Indispensable. Maybe that's a word for somebody here today. You are indispensable to this body of believers at this church. We need you. You have no idea. We need, you are indispensable. Yeah, but I'm just like the armpit in the body of Christ. We need the armpit. Yeah, but sometimes I stink. I know. We have deodorant. <laughs> but we need the armpit. <laughs> it kind of holds the arm. Is that too, is that too much? Maybe a little bit. I could have used a better one. We need you. Yeah, but I'm like the big toe on the body of Christ. Do you have any idea how important your big toe is? Do you know that if you didn't have your big toe, you would not be able to walk correctly? In fact, I was uh, looking back in some of my archive notes when we were in 1 Corinthians, and if I'm not mistaken, something like 40% of the body weight is placed on that big toe. Okay, you're the big toe, we need you. Because <laughs> you're going to carry 40% of the weight of this body of believers here in this church. You are indispensable. Indispensable. He goes on, verse 23, and says, And the parts that we think are less honorable, we treat with special honor. And the parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty. While our presentable parts need no special treatment. But God has put the body together, giving greater honor to the parts that lacked it, so that there should be no division, division, <laughs> there it is, in the body. But that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. Think about the last time you were hammering a nail and, and you hit your thumb. What do you do? The whole body comes to the aid of that. Oh, ah, oh, we're trying to comfort, ease the pain. Do you imagine if the you hammered your thumb and your mouth goes, ha, ha, that's what you get. <laughs> Take that. Again, I know it's a little much, but you get the point, right? That would be a very unhealthy body, right? Something's very wrong. <laughs> so equal concern for each, each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part, and I love this, rejoices with it. Now, you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. Whether or not you think that you're significant or not, it has no consequence. That's the problem, and that's what I want to talk about in our remaining time. This is the problem in the church today. Many a Christian has resigned themselves to this notion that they're inconsequential, they're insignificant, and as such, unimportant within the body of Christ. And I think we do err greatly 
when we mitigate the magnificence of those who serve so faithfully and tirelessly ministering in obscurity and anonymity. When you got here today, uh, do you notice how clean the church was? You know why? On Monday mornings, there are a group of people who faithfully and tirelessly come here, as is their joy to do, and they clean this church. And they do it cheerfully, gladly, willingly, dare I say, thanklessly. And so when we come in here on a Thursday night for our midweek Bible study, the church is clean, the bathrooms are clean, the kitchen, there are people who serve in that kitchen so that when we walk up to that counter, the food is there, everything is prepared, and we're being served, and everything is nice and delicious, and the fellowship is sweet. We're all functioning together as a body, each part doing its part. Today, after this service and before second service, we're going to meet in the children's ministry, and I'm going to have the profound privilege to thank all of the servants who serve in this area of ministry, which And you've heard me say this before, is I believe the most important area of ministry in this church, the children's ministry. And I've shared this as well before, that if I was not the pastor of this church, this is where I would be serving in this church, is in the children's ministry. As I've sought to inquire of the Lord as to why it is that it's so hard to get people to serve, especially in areas like the children's ministry, what the Lord ministered to me is that people don't think that they are important. They think they have nothing of value to give. They don't see that they are indispensable. Oh, I'm, I'm not qualified. Perfect. That means you're qualified. What do you mean? Well, it's been said that God does not call the qualified. He qualifies the called. Are you kidding me? Have you seen my resume? It's like one line. (laughs) I graduated high school, period. The end. That's it. God chooses the weak, the foolish, to confound the wise, the strong. Why? Because then he alone gets the glory. Because God does not share his glory with anyone. And here's the thing, if I could just, just bear with me. You know, as the pastor, this this is the spotlight part. And I never want you to think for a second that this is the most important part of this body of believers. God could replace me in a moment, in an instant of time. This is not the most important thing or the most important position in this church. Do you realize that were it not for those who so faithfully serve behind the scenes, I would not be standing right here right now. You understand that, right? 
We're all different parts of the same body. We are all equally important. Oh, come on, pastor, let's be honest. You're the pastor. I hate that. I think you know that too. I hate that, that chasm that is, that's not God, that's been created between the pastor and then the rest of the people. Really? It's the behind the scenes servants that God takes notice of. And there's two sides to this. Either it's perceived that they don't have any value, or they, on the opposite side of that, they think more highly of themselves. I think both extremes are equally as dangerous. Some think more highly of themselves than they ought. Some think less of themselves than they ought. I want to encourage you today, and I'll close. If you have bought into this notion that I really don't have anything to offer, I say this in love, you couldn't be more wrong. Yeah, but I don't really know what to do. That's okay. Well, I would love to serve in the children's ministry, but... um, I don't know how to, how to teach. That's okay. You could be an assistant. And besides that, we have the curriculum. It's all there for you. And by the way, without exception, everyone who has ever served in the children's ministry in this church has, again, without exception, shared how much of a blessing it was to them to serve in the children's ministry. For some life-changing They can't imagine not having served or not be serving in the children's ministry. Isn't it interesting in the Gospels that Jesus was always surrounded by children who were always around him? I say that because I wonder, maybe that's where Jesus would be if he were to come to this church. He'd be in the children's ministry, I would suspect. Let me ask a question lastly. What is your part in the body of Christ? And a second part to that question. Not just what is your part in the body of Christ, but what are you doing about it? Are you going to be like that one that Jesus in the parable talked about that went and buried it? Everybody's been given at least one talent, one gift to be used. What are you doing with that gift? Thanks for being part of our time here today on In Spirit and Truth. We hope you've learned something new from the book of Ephesians and that it's given a new perspective to you on your relationship with Jesus. We'd love to stay connected with you throughout the week, so be sure to visit InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com today. Follow the link to our Facebook page where you can join the conversation and fill your news feed with encouragement and useful information. We'd love to see you here in person at Calvary Chapel Kaneohe if you're in the area. We hold services every Sunday at 8.30 and 10.45 a.m. Or come by on Thursday at 7 p.m. for an in-depth Bible study. Directions can be found on our website in spiritandtruthradio.com as well as more information about who we are as a body of believers. 
If you can't join us in person, we hope you'll find a local church community soon that you can call home. Now, we also want to let you know that you can still hear Pastor J.D.'s teachings through our online resources at InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com. Simply click Listen on the top of the page to find these messages by Pastor J.D. in various books of the Bible. Along with that, we invite you to check out the Mideast Prophecy Update. This weekly update is a focused look at current events through the lens of prophecy. Join Pastor J.D. each Friday and Saturday for the Mideast Prophecy Update on our YouTube channel or download our mobile app to have these updates right at your fingertips. Find it all at InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com. Pastor J.D. will have much more to share next time on In Spirit and Truth. Holy me true.